Welcome back, everybody. Now we're going to do the award show, the Supernatural The Crossroads Awards for our top five episodes, our top writers, top directors, and VIP of the show for the final season, season 15. Take us away with our top five episodes and now. <laughs> like, give them, like, I give did us it on good, purpose, Thomas. Give us a good voice. And now the Supernatural: The Crossroads Season Fifteen Year End Review Show. Fuck yeah! <laughs> Starring Thomas Six Point Nine Cali. <laughs> Featuring Fuck Yeah Brian. Fuck yeah! Fuck yeah! And. Be positive, Amy. <laughs> and that Mexican. <laughs> Take us away. All right. Top five episodes coming in at number five was. Oh, Jesus. I just blared so loud. <laughs> what are we in Jurassic Park? <laughs> Crazy son of a bitch did it. Welcome. Season 15's episode. 20 carry on this one we amongst us here debated these literally to the last minute thomas didn't want to put this one in. if you're a patreon subscriber you're gonna have access to that you're debate. gonna be able to see that debate oh god and thomas bad. being a veto son dude, of a bitch thomas? i was not a dude veto thomas son you of were a bitch. Thomas, your oh big my dick veto. it was like the republicans oh and the democrats not yeah. being able to decide whether or not they're gonna help the people who bro, are struggling bro, right now that's seen... how fucking evil i was Look, we've been you doing, were yes we've been I doing this show for seven ryan was saying we need to give these people stimulus checks and you just came in and said, fuck you. Look, we've been doing this show for seven years. Thomas, that's the most I've ever seen you use your veto power ever in anything we've ever discussed. I think I you used pulled it out at- your 6.9 inch oh veto. Oh my God. And we're swinging it around. I think you nearly knocked AV's head off. <laughs> Thomas is usually, I, yeah. usually Thomas is like very non-confrontational. Yeah. Thomas is like, fuck and all of I you. was waiting for him to give AV something and he's all, he just fucking went right <laughs> over it. <laughs> Yep, absolutely. Glossed, glossed right over it. So I'm an evil dictator, and yes. therefore I picked the Carry On to come in at number five. It wasn't originally on the list at all. This one, I'll be honest, was not on my list. Uh, neither was it on yours, Mike. It was not on my list, no. This but I, primarily came to us from AV and Ryan, and they did have strong merits for the reason behind it. I've said before, and I said again this time, I think Carry On was perhaps the greatest ending we could have gotten with the season we were given at this time, with all the flaws in it, what we could expect with the people behind the helm running the whole thing. Yeah. Carry uh, on was the best we could have gotten. The, I had issues with it in well, uh, this is award show time, Thomas, award yes. show, Thomas. So let me, award let me show ahead, time. Let me, so, so, so I'm going to pass it off here. to Ryan. I, I've got my award here. So it's empty Gatorade bottle. Yes. This is, this is what, this is what dad would give you if you won an award. I'd like to, uh, I'd like to thank Avi for being positive on this uh, <laughs> this episode. Um, no, but let's be real. Um, so, w- why is Carry On so, number five? So, I picked Carry On for a few reasons, and it was mostly scenes from the episode. I agree mm-hmm. with Thomas on the majority of the episode; it wasn't that great. 
And I do believe that it is the best we could have gotten for what where we were. When you say not that great, you mean in the way of writing? Yes. 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 The yes. script. But there, right. were, there were some scenes in this episode that are all-time greats for Supernatural. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dean driving baby on an open road by himself in heaven, living his best life, living his best idea of heaven. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, Sam showing up on the bridge and Dean saying, hey, Sammy. Yeah. Dude, yeah. like I get goosebumps thinking about it because those scenes were amazing. Just that face. Just the face. Yeah. Uh, Dean's and Sam's exchange when Dean dies. Yeah. Ugh. So some of these powerful are some of the stuff. powerful stuff. Some of the best, literally some of the best Jared and Jensen mm-hmm. scenes we've ever had. So for me, and it being the last episode and we've getting those type of connections and these guys have been doing it for 15 years. I think I thought it would be ill missed for this episode to not be on our list. Even though I, I, I overlooked some of the goofiness. I mean, like, I again, I couldn't get past Sam's old age look. It was goofy. <laughs> it was cheesy. But but overall, you but felt overall, like this should be. Yes. You think it earned yes, number I, five. Yes. And I, and I think that, like, for me, when I look back on this episode, the iconic scene of them both on the bridge will be the one thing that I remember about this episode the most. And, yeah. And probably yeah. Dean driving the car. I, like, so... Yeah, you're 100% right. The scenes in particular and the acting sells this episode. The writing's not great. It has its problems. But Jared and Jensen's performance, the heartfelt moments, the tears that were shed by every fan during those moments, that really is what brought this up to the position it's at. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's that's why this one is number five on our list. What about you, Avi? Would you like to say a few things about um, Carry On? No, I think Ryan, Ryan's got it right. I mean, it was just, you know, I, I told you guys before when Dean got hurt, I started crying and didn't stop to the end of the episode. It was just, it was everything that I wanted feeling wise mm-hmm. from so, the show. So it, it, gave it was you a beautiful a, goodbye. It gave you a stiff steel, in other words. Absolutely. Yep. See? Like a sad stiff steel. Oh, what Clip, is a sad? A clit steel. A cl- <laughs> oh my god! Oh, trademark. Go to the next. Go to the next one. Jeez, All right, guys. let's go on. <laughs> Jesus! <laughs> I like how Amy now laughs. Like for like a good sixty seconds. Oh, I can't. I can't with you sometimes. No, I just like it when you guys break each other <laughs> <laughs> all right so number four thomas number four number four we have episode 11 the gamblers this one was another one that was not on my list but everybody, this, i was the only one only yeah, one i was the only this. one everybody else enjoyed this one more than me and I, this wasn't one that i hated we were the majority means, but you guys were the majority we owned the house we were the silent one. majority on this one so mike let's start with you then because ryan spoke so much to that one no, and then let you go let Avi yeah, go let Avi do yeah Avi, go ahead. Stay positive. Um, the gamblers. Well, one, don't laugh, but um, they went to Alaska. I think they kind of did that one on purpose. Um, that was the only state that I think they hadn't actually done it before. <laughs> um, I don't know. I just I love the feel of it. It it kind of harkened back to their hustling days. You know, you could, yeah. you could yep. see them get 
very confident when they realized that they were going to have to play pool to win mm-hmm. whatever it was, you know, their luck back. Yep. Um, it was a cool twist on, um, on getting luck, you know, this word of mouth place that is kind of just wrapped in myth and mystery. Um, and then it was kind of interesting seeing the people that even though they had gotten enough luck, um, they continued to play because, you know, there was a bit of an addiction there or, you know, they just got screwed by the house and ended up staying to try like to get any luck. gambling. I'm sorry. Like any kind of gambling. You, you, you can't. Oh, yeah. You got to get out while you're up. Right. Mm. And then, you know, it's always fun for me when they pull in um, gods and goddesses from other pantheons and yeah. and stuff like that. So I don't know. It just felt like an old school supernatural episode to me. And I, I really liked it. And old school, not only because of the way it felt and the things that it harkened back to, um, but because it was kind of a monster of the week, but still very important to the story. Yeah. I, for me, like... I love this episode because I enjoyed the movie, the color money. And I got a great, awesome vibe from this episode. Um, you know, with them going to the billiards and playing billiards and just watching, you know, Dean be Dean. Um, I, I liked the concept of the luck at the same time. I know it was a little weird, but I, I, I did enjoy this episode. I just think that, you know, like AV's point, there were people who earned enough luck or, or enough coins to leave. And with any gambling addiction, like they were like, no, I can I could get more. I could get ahead. Um, so for me, just watching Jensen play his character and be this hustler kind of character was really cool. I, I, I That's why I enjoyed this episode. Um, and, and I do agree with AV. It did have that old school like hustling kind of you know, supernatural vibe, you know, back when they were pulling out 16 credit cards to try to pay for stuff that they stole from. (laughs) So like, I did enjoy that aspect of the episode very, very much. The reason why I like the episode is because number one, Davy Perez always has such a great style. There's a, an interesting flair to all of his writing. He does tend to harken back to the old days of supernatural. You can tell he's definitely a fan of the earlier seasons uh, but then when you compare or you pair him up with Meredith Glenn, because they wrote this together, mm-hmm. you also have the substance that Meredith Glenn always brings and the whole concept of uh, of addiction. Once again, Meredith always bringing something real to every single one of her episodes, even though she's r- crafting a narrative about Sam and Dean. But there's always something there that means something either directly to Sam and Dean or even just a, a message. You know, I don't want to say an agenda because that comes with negative connotations nowadays, but there's a point. You can tell that she takes her writing serious and she wants to write serious things. And I can appreciate that. And uh, overall, it was just it was a strong episode. One of the strongest. That's why it was on. my. I think this was my number three, my personal number three. It was my number three. Yeah, it was it was definitely it has a lot of that old original series run vibe to the whole thing. And I, I, AV, honestly, I do like the Alaska bit that it was this pagan God out in the boonies out in this place that the rest of society doesn't really think about that does add to that road trip back roads flair Mm -hmm. that the original couple of seasons had. 
All right. So now we go down to number three. Number three. With no music. Numero tres. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Episode twelve Galaxy Brain. Oh, Jesus fuck. Christ. The timing on that guy is drunk as hell. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Guy running the board's an idiot. All right, Galaxy Brain. <laughs> si, senor. This is what you'd get when you hired me from Home Depot. <laughs> I'm surprised you know how to turn it on. All yeah. right. All right, all right, all right. Episode okay, 12, McConaughey. Galaxy Brain. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> Trying to get past the racist jokes here. <laughs> oh, guys wait, wait a second now. Hold on, Thomas. He can make them. Yeah. Quit white splaining. <laughs> White explaining. That's new. That's interesting. Oh, shit. That's good. Oh, that's. Oh, man. It's a good show. All right. <laughs> Galaxy Brain. Uh, this is one that Mike and I had on our list that to me was really the point where <laughs> this was one of the six episodes, guys, in my opinion, where the story was starting to become a little bit more relevant and move forward this was where we had the end of some of the previous things it was a wrap-up episode for dark kaya and what barons had been putting into place we got to see jody mills come back into the show which is always a fan favorite we had chuck show what he was really up to this whole time and his his decision which would be his decision moving forward for the rest of the season of erasing all the other universes and going back to basics. And we see him on earth Two wrecking shit and death introduces her plan and Jack's back. This was a big narrative episode to me. And with a season that had so many few, so few narrative episodes, it really did stick out. It resolved certain issues. It showed the grandiose nature of the threat they were facing as Chuck walks away as a, fucking meteor just destroys this radio shack asteroid or whatever it was destroys this guy and it really painted him as a villain not in a way like he was in the beginning of the season where he just killed people indiscriminately and as i said previously in those episodes low-hanging fruit but really a more all-powerful all-knowing you are nothing but ants and your life is not something i am even registering as worth something when he can just erase universes and watches it on big screen TV as a bored, petulant child. He realized this was written by Robert Barron's yeah. Meredith Glenn and no teleplay by Robert Barron's. And then the story was both from Glenn and Barron's. Yeah. This That's a power team right there. It's a power team. It's well-written. Yes. It was a great moment to really show us this is some serious shit. And we're on a time clock until he gets to just our universe, just our dimension. So for me, this was a big one because it was really the first one leading towards how the show would end this season's narrative. I also liked it because it gave um, closure to the whole Wayward Sister spinoff. Yeah, that was that was big, too. Yeah. And the fact that we I just I can appreciate a a writer's dedication. That's probably why Barron's was in on it. Oh, yeah. It had to be. And I like that even though. His spinoff got poo-pooed on. At least he had the, I want to say the writing integrity, and he still cared about at least being involved in wrapping it up. Yeah. And I love when writers on TV shows take a personal interest in a story arc they started or 
uh, or even a character that they create created. Well, it shows too, because he, you're right. I think integrity is the right word because he cared about those characters and that story enough to find a way to resolve it. Yeah. In the, what he could with the time he had. Whereas we look at other spinoff attempts in which another writer might've introduced a whole litany of characters. Nobody cared about even himself because they were never brought up again and then killed. Yeah. So I will say I, I enjoyed Baron's dedication as well on that one. Ryan, A.B., anything you guys want to add to that? That one wasn't on my list, I don't think so. No. No, it wasn't on mine either. All right. So Negative, now, Ghost Rider. All right. Now we're getting to the top two, which had the most votes from all of us here. Number two. Where did this music come from? I don't know what Episode 13, Destiny's Child. And he didn't play the music. He didn't. I was expecting him to just blast it halfway through my sentence there. I'm just a day worker. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Destiny's Child. This one was on my list originally. It was on Ryan's wrist. Wrist? List. Originally. You suck tonight. I know, dude. This one was one that we had to sell to Mike and Avi here for a couple of different reasons. Thank you. In the beginning... (laughs) Mike, I know this wasn't on your list. Jesus Christ. How does he know what this is? It's Destiny's Child. Yeah, that's why I'm bills. Hey, who's the lead singer in Destiny's Child? Thomas? I don't remember. Jesus, you're so white. (laughs) You are white, dude. Thomas, so white. Jesus. Who is that, Thomas? Yeah, because that was totally my music. Your music? It's music made for everyone, Thomas. You think I listen to hip hop? Who's the racist now? (laughs) In the nineties, when I was one through ten, you think this was music I was listening to? Yes. Who's the racist now? Picture little Thomas playing with a six point nine. Like, listen to this. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, dude, I'd play with my six point nine. I got a stiff DL when I watch these videos with Beyonce. Ooh, baby, back then. All right, Thomas. Thomas is struggling. Yeah. I was going to let you guys peter that one out or rub one out to Beyonce if that's what you need to do. Dude, back then she was a, I mean, <laughs> a big dude. All right. So this one started off uh, a little odd because we had the Sister Joe character make a return. We had Ruby in the episode for kind of no apparent reason. And we started with a clue and nothing else, the occultum. But by the time the episode ended, it was a huge moment for Jack as a character. And at the time, especially something that we thought was going to be monumental towards the end of the season, the reveal of the Garden of Eden, the power or entity that is the snake in the garden and the the mysterious little girl who was there as well. Jack getting his soul back at that moment was the thing that allowed him to have a forgiveness moment a reconciliation repentance with dean to allowed him to become the vessel for all of god's powers and really be the new god without this soul without that returning he would not have been somebody who could have meshed with amara he would not have been somebody who would have set things right he wouldn't have been able to defeat chuck nothing would have gone the way it needed to at this point. So this is, I have a, I have some questions for you guys. Okay. Because this was on everyone's list, but mine. Okay. How do you put 
Destiny's Child at number two, when the entire concept is built around a MacGuffin. How do we put it at number two with that? Well, I would say the problem you have, Mike, is the entire season is mostly built around various MacGuffins that don't pay off. Dab's a MacGuffin. Dab is eating. (laughs) Dab is a MacGuffin eating a McMuffin. Uh, So I I have no problems with MacGuffins. I think they can be used pretty. Yeah. I mean, look at Pulp Fiction. One of the greatest uses of a a MacGuffin. But (laughs) this is a TV show. Where you fix a problem and never with a MacGuffin, yeah, and you never explain what that is at all. In, in here's way. here's the thing: this mattered simply for Chuck or Chuck for Jack yeah. to be able to defeat him, for him to have that soul moment to feel the pain of Mary's death, to become the character we loved once again, mm-hmm. and be able to do what he needed to do in order to solve the problem by the end of the season. Does the MacGuffin make any sense? No. Literally what we have is, and then there's a snake. It's totally not Lucifer who has the power to grant souls, which has only been Chuck's thing recently. Don't ask questions about it. Yeah. And it never comes up again. <laughs> like, so in that respect, yeah, it is a problem, but I wouldn't say that's a problem necessarily with this episode as it is the whole season. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's fair. I, but I, without I actually, this moment, you don't have a finale. Yeah. You, that's well, doable. Yeah. You don't have Jack's powers. And, yeah. So, you know, I I enjoyed this episode just um the whole And this really did feel like a mid-season finale. It really did. Yeah. Yeah. It did. I mean, they were lucky that the coronavirus fell where it did or when it did or happened, I should say when it did. Well, yeah, that they chose to end on this on, yeah. episode, yeah. And I think that added to it as well. Uh Ryan, do you have anything you want to add to this one? No, I I agree with you, Thomas. I think it's one of those things too like this episode leads into the Jack in the finale. And I think that's, that's the most important part about this episode. Other than that, like the whole, like you said, the whole season is mostly MacGuffins. So it's, yeah. it's kind of like I can overlook that. I don't judge it that harshly because right. so many other things were already right. bad. So what this does is pushes, you know, Jack to where he is at the, in the finale. So mm-hmm. I actually, I agree with you on this one. So I don't know. Does Avi have anything to Avi, do you have anything you want to add? Nope. This was not on my list. Oh, was it? Oh, I thought it was. I thought you were nope. convinced at the end when we were talking about it or in the pre-show. Uh, she was... Mainly because I liked um, the different version of Sam and Dean. <laughs> oh, right. This was also the oh, one that had right. Hunter See, Corp. I, I did Sam like that. Dean. I did like that. Yeah, that it was, was the a only fun thing one that too. convinced me to be okay, but I was not voting for it to be number two. <laughs> That's right. AV would... She was trying to be a team player. She, she was. was. She yeah. was trying to get that stimulus check passed, Thomas. <laughs> and you just fucking. I was just a monster. You what an animal. animal. What an animal. But right here, sadly, this is a small microcosm example of how this season has been divisive because we can't agree on the top five episodes for this the most nope. part. This is the first time. This is the first time we've been like an average number has had to be taken from the four, yeah. three or four of us. Yeah. That says something. Uh, then that leads us to the number one episode. Numero one. <laughs> You're such an idiot. I love it. Of season 15. What a moron. The, the one that got the most votes that we felt the strongest about <laughs> was episode four. Numero one. Atomic Monsters by Davy Perez. 
For me, this episode ranks this high for a couple of reasons. One, that opening was balls tightening. I had a stiff steel the whole time. Yeah. Oh, that before I even knew what that was, that's you what had, was going on. You yeah. had one. Yeah. This is the episode directed by Jensen. Directed by Jensen that opens with this dark macabre John Wick well choreographed fight scene where Dean's kicking some demon ass and that was when I felt after the first three episode premiere, two of which are worthless and one of which wraps it up. Going into this episode, seeing that really made me feel, holy fuck. Okay, maybe we are going to dial yeah. it up to 11. And I was excited by that. Well, there's so seeing, much. There was so much. You even had the um, the alternate realities that yeah, the alternate realities that playing that Sam was it. seeing, I believe, at that time. I mean, yes. Was, yep. We had the demon Dean or demon Sam murdering everybody That's in right. this plot line. This was when Chuck shows up to Becky's house, all distraught yes. and acting like he's the writer still. A and real needs her help. version of Chuck, the real version, an of Chuck. evil version of Chuck. But this is the Chuck we actually know: the writer, right. the one that approaches the story in a very meta angle, which is the only version of Chuck we ever had like that. In this season. Correct. Which one which is one of my biggest problems with this season. Also correct. Why would you completely change who Chuck is by not having it be meta? They should have done the entire every time he showed up, he should have been had a, he should have had a typewriter. He should have been writing. Yeah. He should have been the writer. The writer of the show. And they just completely said No, he's just that. an evil god now. Come and on, Avi. Let's stay positive. That's right. God damn it, Avi. Right. Damn it, Avi. That's right. What the hell? <laughs> but you that's why I, I love, I, that's one of the biggest reasons why I love this episode too. It was a, an evil version of Chuck, but it was Chuck. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that being the truest sense of Chuck that we had gotten since the mid season or the mid season, the finale of season 14 revealed that he was really the bad guy the whole time. That was huge. And it was the only time I was actually, afraid of chuck correct because all the other times like he's just an he's, he's just, just a, a douche chuck. he's a douchebag but the fact that you didn't want him to snap away becky and yeah. he snapped away her family you're like fuck yeah. this is dark and that made him feel like a more believable villain yes then because i got i had an issue when he just killed that masseuse with amara outright because that just felt like completely yeah, that was fucking so evil and random nowhere but becky being somebody who he didn't had a agree relationship with, his, with as well right who he did who didn't agree with his story and that petty petulant version of chuck yeah that felt real i also like seeing becky have a nice happy life that he fucking eradicated that i hope jack brought back but we don't really know we'll never know we'll now. never know now that was dark that's and, the spinoff and additionally oh. i loved the fact that from a meta standpoint becky calls out dab showrunner chuck yep as this ending is shit. Yeah. <laughs> and we should have known from there. It was prophetic. But he still snapped his fingers and made it happen. And we still got what we got. But honestly, that was the, and that was also the thing. In a weird way to me, this episode gets points because of what I thought it was going to be, what it could have been, and the excitement I had. Because out of all 20 episodes, this is still the one that I think of with the most positivity going forward. I there was, was so much coolness. There was so much coolness. It there was, was well written by David well Perez. Written. Well directed. Yes. Yeah. There was so much. The performances are on point. Jensen got 
Chuck from season five and turned him into the Chuck we thought we were going to have that we needed to have as a villain. This episode right. makes you wonder how the season would have been if Jensen's production company would have had been in control. was actually involved. Yeah. And and that's where because I had such high hopes at this point and I liked this episode so much and it came out the gate swinging and never stopped. Yeah. Well, you want to know what else that makes this episode so much better? Mm. Is the first three episodes were dog shit. <laughs> and this came out of it came out absolutely Is swinging. that AV talking? We're trying to be positive. Look, look, look. AV could sit there and be positive all she wants, but that she even will admit the first three were poop. Like, it oh was, yeah, I, I when I was going through my the list of episodes, I didn't even consider one through three. So like, yeah. you have the, those first three episodes, which are just not good, and then you come with a heavy hitter like this. Yeah, it makes it even better because of that. And there's I, a palate cleanser and a shot of whiskey at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. There you go. Yeah, this was a strong one, and and everybody seemed to agree on this one and enjoy this one, and I, I agree, Mike. I think the biggest shame is what could have been had another production company been involved. Yeah. I'd I mean, love this, to see that. this episode is a perfect example, and I bring this up a lot because it's something I hear in messages that I don't share with you guys. Uh, we are willing to look at shows progress uh some people when they complain about things that we say um they say that we're not willing to evolve and change with the show and that's not true because the show we were with the show for 13 years before we said anything yeah and we were okay with 13 years but we are going to call something out when it's not that great so this episode right here is a perfect example of utilizing the tone of Kripke's era, putting elements from Kripke's era and Carver's era, and also utilizing Dab's own flair. Right. That's why you can do it. This is an episode that proves that you can change, be something different, but still feel similar or yeah. at least familiar. Yep. Strong episode. And honestly, this episode here gives me hope for the future of Supernatural. If it does come back under, let's say, Jensen's leadership because of his production company. I feel like this is a good window into what could be. Absolutely. It'd be amazing. So that came in as our top episode for the season from just... Writing, from acting, directing, and excitement more than anything else. Right on cue. <laughs> God, you're so good, Juan. <laughs> All right. Moving into the next category of awards for the evening, we have Best New Lore. That's Best. Lore. 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 I don't know what that is in Spanish. <laughs> All right. So with this one, I, I was veto power, I'll say. Yeah, he fucking I was, pulled oh, out the I six, was an this evil was, son of a bitch. He said that, too. He the, had some arrogance in that yeah. tone. Oh, yeah, yeah, there I was a smile. I was a yeah. total inhuman monster. What a dickhole, dude. For this one. You were Chuck snapping away back You in. picked it, too, asshole. <laughs> I was going to say, Mike, you're the one that threw me under the bus. <laughs> hey, Avi, we're trying to be positive, okay? <laughs> Damn it, Avi. <laughs> 
All right. Unbelievable, dude. Which we went with, or I went with, with Mike's help, the occultum. This was a bit of a tiebreaker decision because the sad fact of the matter is there wasn't a lot of new lore this season. When I thought of new things that came about, I think when we all thought about new things that came about, most of them didn't like None add up to anything. None of them. Well, we had, well mine was ahead. the best. A- Avi's was the... Avi's probably was the best. Yeah. My argument for this one was... And honestly, we can just have two at this fucking point because this is a weird-ass season. Okay. There's the one that had, I think, the most narrative impact and the one that had the most well-thought-out lore. On one side, we have the Occultum, which was a gateway to the Garden of Eden, restoring Jack's soul, a huge narrative sticking point. Also known as a MacGuffin. Also known as a McMuffin. <laughs> the dab ate. Because like the Occultum, he ate it. Right. <laughs> when, they, when they asked me, you know, what are we going to do? And they said, uh, McMu- uh, Mc, uh, McGuffin? And I said, a McMuffin? <laughs> Let's go with that. <laughs> That was something that I honestly was convinced was going to be very interesting. And it had such significance to the restoration and creation of a soul. What is the snake? What is the powers of the snake? Is the garden something separate from God? Did he create it? Who's the little girl? Is that supposed to be like Eve, the original Eve, not the monster of mother of all monsters, Eve? Unfortunately, I didn't really go anywhere, but narrative-wise, it was important. From an actual lore brought new subject material about, we have the Key to Death's Library, which was Avi's pick, which is the most well-thought-out concept of Season 15. Having something that is referenced in a previous episode with, I think it was Galaxy Brain was actually the episode, with Sergei looking for this Key to Death's Library... It's so much so that he wouldn't help them save Sam's life until they agreed to give it to him. Right. Being a being an asshole that he was there. <laughs> but that was something that was introduced in a previous episode that leads into Sam and Castiel looking for it and gaining access to her library, finding out that the empty was killing reapers left, right and center, stealing God's death book. Moving that along. Unfortunately, on that aspect, from a narrative standpoint, I don't feel like the book mattered all that much because they just lied about what it said and tricked Lucifer, Michael, and God. And none of it really mattered. But it was a cool concept and a cool device that the Men of Letters researched and found and collected. It was actually used by multiple people, Sam and Dean. So in that respect, yeah, that's the most well-thought-out piece of lore that was added this year. Sadly, as I look at the other things I wrote down as possibilities, I had Lilith's Crook, which was nothing. Meant nothing. I have uh, maybe, arguably, Jack fixing heaven or a new version of heaven. You had uh, the Leviathan Blossom. Yep. Which looked cool, but did literally nothing for like the it, show. Like everything else. And I also had uh, Wood Nymph Smoothies of Death. Oh, which yeah. might be also the most well thought out thing. What? I mean, that. Yeah. The wood nymph made the smoothie that can take out a Nephilim. That's some strong ass magic. That's, that was to me. All she did was put some Jack new Daniels items. In it. But honestly, we come down to the occultum and the key to death's library as the two major aspects of new lore. And I will say, dude, that is an AV, uh, Ryan and AV, I want to know what your guys' thoughts are. To me, that's really kind of disappointing. Like, I know it's the uh, final season and you don't want to introduce too many new things, but those were the two things. The occultum excited me. And the key to death library made the newest 
most sense. I think for me, like it's not a lot. No, and I think that's we we literally have a shirt that says lore whore. Like, yeah, it's one of the things that we it's like one of the things that we are really into. And for for you to have the, I mean, I know it's hard to introduce new items in the last season because it is the last season. But like, I agree, Thomas, I feel like we we kind of got shafted this year on on lore yeah. and just adding to the to the supernatural universe with new stuff. And and it, guys like I'm not saying the stuff that they came up with wasn't cool. It all looked cool. It all was like piqued our interest. I think, you know, some of this stuff, like the Leviathan Blossom, I think we were all excited about when we heard about it. And then it was nothing. And I think that's the thing that really, that rubs the salt. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you had all these really neat ideas, but none of them did anything. Like it was just literally a waste of time. And I think that's what bugs me the most. Um, I don't know. I don't know how AV feels, but I just felt like that was my opinion on the, on it. Well, I, I just know that when Mike sent me the list of what we were going to be talking about tonight and he said, you know, favorite new lore. And I was what like, wait lore? a minute, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's the unfortunate thing, but those, those are the two that we have. Now, as we move into the next category, we have the top two writers. Top dos writers. <laughs> Do at least like pick all Spanish or all English or something. No, I love it. He doesn't know how to say Spanglish. Or (laughs) he doesn't. All right. So for the top two writers, the number two that we went with was Meredith Glenn. She has been it's such an interesting story when you look back at her first episode and how we felt about it. But she started with an episode that we were like, what the hell happened? And has quickly grown into one of our favorite and most consistent writers on the show. Yes. Somebody who and one that every time I see her name on an upcoming episode, I would actually get excited to see what she was bringing this time. Exactly. You'd be excited to see what she was going to bring. You knew it was going to have a very personal, almost tragic element she is somebody who has taken what makes supernatural supernatural and added her own personal flair with respect to the show. And honestly, as Mike said, I think it was on the pre-show is probably one of the best writers, most consistently strong writers in that room. And I, I cannot wait to see what she goes on to do because it'll be fucking good. The only thing that put her in number two, and this was real fucking close for me, was simply because of the episodes of the season, she had a good, a, a strong good one narratively, and then there was another one that we all weren't big fans of, and that was Golden Time. However, for Sam as a character, and for what he was going through in that episode, that was emotionally a big moment for him. Mm-hmm. And she's someone who excels at those nuanced emotional moments so she did a great job with that too. It's just a shame that the rest of the episode and that might've been showrunner decision-making or just various other behind the scenes things didn't amount to a whole lot or, or wasted a lot of time. It felt compared to the emotional moments in it. Mike, Ryan, AV, anybody want to add anything to my ramblings there? No, I think Meredith Glenn could have been number one, honestly. Yeah, she could have been, it it could have either flip flopped. And for number one, we went with Davy Perez, and that was another very, very close. David Perez. <laughs> oh my God, David! His came in at number one because his episodes were both narrative 
relevant, true to supernatural. And his episode came in as our top pick amongst the show here with atomic monsters. He is somebody who has, as you said, Mike really gravitated towards the first few seasons of supernatural truly understands the show. And I think wrote some great fucking content. Mm -hmm. He's somebody who respected the 15 years, the 11 years that were previously established went back and watched. And you can tell in the way he brings things to life, his, his, settings and and stylistic choices that's the key right there for being a successful writer not only do you need to understand the craft but you also have to have a style that you can flex that when people pick up your script and they they read it they say oh this is written by davy perez meredith glenn is like that yep davy perez is like that you Mm -hmm. can feel that it's their script and that's why he's now working on the new star trek show yeah, uh, because discoveries. Uh, no, uh, strange the new, new worlds. The, the new one. Yeah. yeah, the brand new one coming out. Because, dude, he's fucking great. Yeah, and these two really, I would say, were the champions of the writer room this season. They had some of the strongest episodes, if not the strongest episodes. Yep. They were the most true to supernatural. They had the emotional moments we wanted, the most high intensity and exciting moments that we wanted. And we all talked about Barons and Barons, while he is a great writer who does a good job, unfortunately, he was once again the jizz mopper of the season. Yeah. Yep. And, and had to clean every episode he was given was he had to clean up a mess, yep. whether that was, hey, the season premiere is a three part disaster. Please fix this. Or my midseason premiere is a disaster and I don't I'm going to get rid of the gunshot wound. So can you fix We're this clean up and seven uh, <laughs> or the fact that he had to clean up his own spin-off show hey, dab just shit all over himself when you clean up, please. <laughs> <laughs> or he had to clean up castiel's death and coming out goodbye send-off uh, make sure you hide that spanish dub all the things that he did while <laughs> he did a great job cleaning up the fact that he had to meant that those episodes could not be the strongest episodes they could have or were not his best work because he had to spend too much time fixing problems. Yeah. Whereas Perez and Glenn both had a chance to flex, like you said, their writing muscles and really provide some strong content. Which for us. again, just my hats off to Barons and everything he's ever done for the show. Because, Dude, yeah. Because he, I believe he got booted. I could be wrong. I believe because he chose to come back for Supernatural's final season because he was done with Supernatural. Yeah. He only right. chose to come back when he found out the show was ending. He was working with Carver on Doom Patrol. Yep. Yep. And because he chose to come back for Supernatural, he didn't write a single episode on Doom Patrol or was listed or he and he wasn't, I should say, listed as mm-hmm. a producer. Yeah. Which he was during the first season. So I think he chose Supernatural over the future of his career, which would have been Doom Patrol, which is, which is now on HBO fucking Max. Yeah. I, and that's I, why I appreciate Barons. I truly that's hope. A shame, he, though. Yeah. Yeah. I truly hope he can come back to Doom Patrol. That, that I hope he does. I hope he does. I hope man. it was just that one year because take a year off, fix yeah. this, come back. Carver knows him. Carver worked on Supernatural. I hope that those connections and that networking and all of that can help that because he deserves another chance at the fucking limelight because oh, he did a great job. But when it came to our votes for the top writers of the episodes this season, Davy Perez and Meredith Glenn. All right. 
Vaughn, are you ready? <laughs> and now, it's time for Top Directors. <laughs> God, it's not even Spanish. It's just like an accent. It's, it's, it's not Spanish. It's, it's all right, whatever. Next week on Telemundo. <laughs> Telemundo. All right, so four directors coming in at number two. We went with surprise hit Matt Cohen. Okay, so fuck. I we got eaten, we got fucking eaten shit on eaten crow on this one, dude. Dude, he, he shit in our mouth. He did. Right. Yes. Yeah, and we <laughs> have to say thank you, sir. We deserve that. We were so we were fucking we shit ragging on, on him, dude. dude. We sh- guys, fucking we mean. Were, we went we on for like mean. five minutes, Ryan. Yeah. We- I was laughing. <laughs> I laughed like uncontrollably. Like I thought it was going to be the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. We were ne- We have never been proven that we wrong, so wrong ever. On it's this that show. like Wayne's World. We're not worthy like yeah. we have to bow and repent i feel like i need to actually tell him this at the convention just to be like look man. like get in line yeah. just <laughs> be like look dude uh we do a podcast you probably never heard of us or you might have and um, like, oh you guys and i'm gonna be like look man we went on a five minute tirade about your directorial debut debut on supernatural we are fucking sorry yeah <laughs> your episode was fire and we fucking are here to get we're not worthy Let that's what we should yes. do this is 100 what we should yeah do. i mean dude the guy went to prepare he went back and rewatched all the original seasons yeah bravo that's how much he fucking cared and it shows in the, the end in the end product it shows and isn't this something we talk about all the time yes. yeah that you have to go back we've criticized and we're not going to say who <laughs> actors and writers who think it's funny yeah. That they've never watched That's any supernatural before. I'm like, That's- listen, while you're collecting a fucking fat ass check from the fandom and you're laughing about it that you've never watched anything yes. before. Yep. That's, That's not a point in your favor. Insulting. Yeah. And the fact that Matt Cohen went back and watched those seasons, the dude will forever be, you know. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. On my list. I, I, like I said, we, we owe this dude a huge apology. Yep. Because we were total dickholes and he proved us all wrong. And the fact, like Mike said, that he went back and actually did that is impressive. Yeah. And I feel fucking horrible now. So we're monsters. We apologize. Yeah. Well done. And please take this complimentary empty Gatorade bottle as your official yes, crossroads uh, trophy. Do you get a de mucho? I'm gonna get Matt. his. I'm gonna get his PO box and Just send this to him. with a sharpie written yeah. on it. Yeah, he did a great fucking job. Now God, coming suck coming in at number one was another one. <laughs> you know, you you good? Yeah, go ahead. Okay was another director that we hadn't seen for a long time and also knocked it out of the fucking park. And that was Jensen himself way to fucking go on episode four, atomic monsters, the John wick opening choreography and blocking and fight scene was beautiful. The fact that he has not been in the director's chair since I think season 10 has it been that long? I, I think it was. Yeah. He did some with Carver. I don't think he had done any for a couple of years at that point. I'm I'm not sure which season he dropped off on, but came back after a, several years of no directing to deliver one of the 
best fucking episodes of the season. Beautiful cinematography, great acting, better performances from Chuck than we had had for the entire rest of the season, I would say. Yeah. Great performances from him, from Jared. Beautiful, beautiful stunt work. I, I There was just nothing to not love about this episode. And again, I think I gave a lot of credit to this one for Davey Perez from a writing standpoint, but the director is the person who reads the script and sees it come to life in their mind and makes that a reality. And if this episode wasn't done beautifully, it could have easily been a silly episode with the whole opening sequence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, this was one of the things too that led me to say, I want to see what Jensen does as a director moving forward. I think the guy is a phenomenal actor. I think he can be a phenomenal director. And I'd love to see some more work from him. And I love that aspect of him moving into a production company because it does give him the opportunities to do the, the whole writer or not writer directed by starring in yeah. multi role setups. And I'm excited for that. He did a phenomenal fucking job. Yeah. Yeah. I I think, you know, with him getting his own production company, that bodes well for him doing more of this going forward. Um, so I, I, he fucking killed it. This episode was, again, one of the better episodes of the year. And he, I think as we've seen him, what'd you say? Season 10 was the last time he did it. I'll check, but I believe it might have been. I mean, Nicole says the last j- episode Jensen directed was season 11, season episode 11, three, okay. The Bad Seed. Gotcha. That was it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was it. He had one in 10 uh, and one in season eight as well. Mm. Yep. So it had been four that was years. Bobby's. On season in season eight. Yeah, that was the one where the. Oh yeah, he did. That was his. That was his first directed episode. Was Weekend and Bobby season six? Way way back. Yeah. So the guy's done it for several years, but he had taken several years off, and to come back doing such a phenomenal job, I think that deserved all the praise in the world. Now, Avi, you had a runner-up director as well that you made a pretty strong case for. Who was that? I had um, John Showalter. Um. Just looking at this season and when I went through my list of of top five episodes, his name just kept coming up and kept coming up and kept coming up. And he was also one that um, I don't remember the episode. I I think I said it on the pre-show that I was in the middle of watching it and I went, son of a bitch, who directed this episode? And it was John Showalter. And I was just... I was kind of surprised because I expected it to be, um, you know, a spate directed or, you know, something else. But for some reason, this season, to me, John Showalter just blew it out of the water. He was just consistently good, in in my opinion. Yeah. He's typically a very good director. We've oh, yeah. talked about him before. Yeah. And that's another thing that we said earlier, that this show had some phenomenal writers and some phenomenal directors. It just didn't have the guidance to really bring it all home, which is a shame. That leads us to our last category. <laughs> last category of awards. VIP del año. Oh, my God. Yes, that's right. The VIP of the year. 
Now, as we were discussing this one, we thought we had one that made sense. They're like, all right, this will be the answer because of all the work this person had to do throughout the season. But then Ryan came in up the rear, just the tip sneaking in. Came in like a wrecking ball. Whoa, 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 okay. (laughs) Came in like a wrecking ball. So surprised everyone with the true winners of the award. Look, guys, this one. uh, Very very rarely does Ryan do this. Yes, very rarely do I actually. It was so obvious, too. Like, fuck, how do we not think of that? He's right. Very rarely I I come through with things that make sense. Um, I came in like a wrecking ball. (laughs) I knew that drop would come in handy someday. (laughs) So. I think who did we have originally? We talked about Barons That's for right. all the cleanup right. work yes. and the jizz Sorry. mopping. The jizz mopping. <laughs> um, guys, the award for VIP of the year goes to Jensen and Jared. And here's why. I thought about this one. This was the one I thought about the most because a very uh, tumultuous season 15, a very difficult season 15. And the two people that literally carried every fucking episode yep. is Jensen and Jared. There were some episodes in this season that were legitimately horrible. <laughs> and there would be times where we were shitting on that episode and we would say, but you know what? Jensen and Jared were great in this. Jensen and Jared deserve VIP of the year only for carrying the entire fucking season on their backs. And if not just for the last you know, episode alone with the emotional scenes that we saw. They deserve VIP of the year 100% um, and saved anything of this season that we thought was dumb because we would watch them and go, well, at least they're good. So you're right. That's 100% right. Because we didn't choose them. We just didn't think about it. Nope. You know, we went to our go-to and our fix-it man. But then, Ryan, you sold all of us. And it makes perfect sense. You're absolutely right. I, there are episodes this season that if it wasn't for their sheer acting talent and the chemistry the two of them have on screen, there would have been nothing of value to it. Nope. And they consistently make a an average episode above average, a shitty episode yep. average, a great episode spectacular. Yep. They do and it I, all the time. I, I think for me, what I'm really excited about most going forward here and, and in the hopes that I think Supernatural will eventually come back mm-hmm. is that Jensen and Jared are only going to get better. And by the time yeah. Yeah. that they do come back. That's what Walker is for uh, Jared. You know, you know, yeah. like after a bad breakup, you got to slay Rebound. some hoes. Rebound. Yeah, you got to slay some random hoes that don't yeah. really matter. And that's what Walker is to him. He's just going to, uh, he's just going to fucking He knows slay it. it doesn't matter. It knows it's not going to last. He's uh. just going to prone fuck it and not really look at it. Prone fuck it. Holy Christ. Uh, yeah. Anyways. Um, it's fucking horrible. Uh, and 100% true. It's, I know it is. That's why I'm laughing. Oh, hold on. Uh, Let's see if the crowd agrees. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Wow. The crowd somehow miraculously agrees with Mike. But no, I, I, I am um, I am confident that the only reason that this season we were able to actually hang on was because of Jensen and Jared. And, and mm-hmm. um, without a doubt, without a doubt. And I think that, you know, if I could give them a real award, I would. Yeah, but I don't, right. think, I don't think they want my blue cherry Gatorade. We're going to make a mold out of Thomas's dick and we'll call it <laughs> Stiff Steel oh, no. and we'll send it to them. <laughs> All be, right, guys, here's your Stiff Steel. Here's the cross free. You know, hey, listen, every award show has its thing. You know, the Oscars. Right, has we, ours the, is the Stiff Steel. Yeah, it's the Stiff Steel. That's our award. 
but it has to be a mold of Thomas's <laughs> dong. Stiff steel. Or, or, Good or God. we somehow have a 3D rendering of the one that uh, the, the listener drew of Thomas's penis. That's right. We can use that. We can yeah. use that. There yeah. you go. Yeah. We'll use that and then we'll just have it 3D printed. <laughs> you know what? If they don't want to accept their awards, we'll just keep them on the wall in here. <laughs> and it'll be Jared and Jensen's VIP. Why do you have all those silicon uh, dicks on your wall, Mike? Guys, my name's Ryan Din, and I'm here to uh, actually uh, accept this award on Jensen and Jared's behalf because they don't even know it exists. Yeah. So what I'm going to do is accept <laughs> this and put it on the wall, this stiff CL with a big, huge vein in it. And, uh, yeah. And, and one day... One day they're going to talk about they're going to be on like Entertainment Tonight. It's going to be on some, Wikipedia that they want a stiff deal. Yeah, and they're going to talk about all their awards. Like, yeah, yeah, we won like a few Emmys and some Teen Choice Awards, and also a stiff DL once. I, I well, I they don't. I want them to not know about it. And then the person interviewing. So it looks like here on your Wikipedia, you guys want a stiff DL. Well, do you, are you, are you, do you have any idea what that is? I like Rose Blue in the chat's name for it. The Stiffies. Uh, that's already a award. The, the stiff DL. Oh, is that really? Yeah, stiffies. No, is I'm pretty sure it is. He's no. a pervert for knowing Why that. the fuck do you know that? I'm pretty sure it is. Hashtag right. single guy Ryan. Yes. Um, <laughs> that's why you know No, stiff DL. It's the stiff CL. That's, that's what it's going to be yeah. called. I think it's, I think, I know it's late, but we can still do awards. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll, we'll oh, a, we do year in reviews for the retrospectives, don't we? Yeah. There you go. That's there right. There we go. Stiff CLs. All right. I, I think you're 100% right, Ryan. They were the VIPs this year. The show would not have been the show without them. Obviously, that goes without saying. But the, even if you look at the chat, people talk about... <laughs> <laughs> there were so many little things that they did this season in addition to bringing the absolute best performances they've done probably throughout the show because they had to, to, to sell what was given to them, what little narrative for the whole season was there. Uh, Tabby in the chat has talked about that. Apparently they had all kinds of little things like mirroring the plot, the, the pilot episode at the end was their idea. Yes. The watch bit was their idea. They had so many. Dean's whole bit of wanting to change the ending. So, and so Singer didn't do anything. Like he, Singer like and Dad the last five years. didn't do <laughs> fuck. And the whole reason this show. My idea is that for the last season, we don't do anything. They, they did such a like fucking that. good job that it sold everything. They put the passion and they made the show. What, like you said, watchable when the episodes were terrible and amazing when God, the episodes God were just good. Them. And they deserve every bit of praise. You know? I can't wait to give them their stiff CL in February. <laughs> I'm going to hand deliver it. We should yeah. take it to the con and put it and on our table. It on the table. Like just, Nicole says in the chat, we're going to get banned from the cons before we even fucking go at this. No, rate. we like we need to we need to obviously make it like somewhat. I like, have a dildo for them. I need to give it to them. Well, now. It's got to look something. It's an like, award. It's got to look something like a dick, but not really like full blown. How dick. the fuck? You know what that's called? A stick. It's an egg. Like, that's what you're going to hand them. I, don't worry about it, Thomas. I've looked at my dick enough to know. What? We, wait, wait, <laughs> this song is so random. It's for them. We, owe, we They saved America at the same time. We have to all take our hats off and tear up. Oh, hold on. Let me take my hat off. Stand beside her and guide her through the night. All right. Extra points if you know who's singing it. Wait, hold on. I can't hear. Hold on. I took my headphones off. Wait, what? Does Amy he, know? He muted it. I know. Oh, I don't know. Oh, Celine Dion. 
Oh, the greatest yeah. singer in the world. It's the guy with the, the fucking computer that he's looking at. <laughs> All right. So that was the final award Damn. that we have to give out. So now we'll get into our final thoughts on the season as a whole, as well as our new rankings of all the seasons, final, favorite final to least favorite. We can skip. We've already been. Yeah, there. we don't. Let's just do, do our, our quickly. Quickly, because we're running really late. You want our late. final thoughts? Go, go to the I'll previous two episodes. Because go this first. is going to have to be a part one and part two again. I know it's it too is. long. Well, people love what they love. Let, right? let me let me go first on my. Uh, and that my way, rankings. you can choose not to listen to the good stuff, like Avi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So quickly. new. Rankings. We're going to go to Ryan first because I'm sure his will be the shortest. Yes, it is. So, so if if you guys go back and listen to last year's, I couldn't remember rank, my rankings. Well, I couldn't remember my rankings this year either. So let's just put 15 at the very end and call it good. So you have to go two years back to find my rankings. You can't quickly go through your rankings like nope. now? Nope. Okay. Like generally? No. Yeah, 15. Like Kripke. Then 15 cr- last, 14 second to last. There you go. All right. All right. Avi, this is literally what yes. he did last year. Yeah, I know. I'm gonna do it. He's next year literally too. done the same thing. <laughs> if you are, if you watch the pre-show, Thomas, do you have last year's rankings? I don't remember. So we fucking go back and listen. I'm gonna use to this. him saying the same sentence to me a year ago because yep. he couldn't fucking remember. I'm gonna do it again. God damn you. Whatever, dude. All right, Avi, let's go to you because you actually put work into it. Your, your I rankings. Did. Um. My problem is I also couldn't remember my rankings from last year, but, um, so, well, I'm just saying that, so my list is probably going to be very different than, than what I did last year because it was very That's much. Fine. They can change like over a, time. Right. Cause last year was very much like a gut instinct. And this year I actually like went through each season and what were the main plot points and did a lot of research and pulled my hair out. So I'm going to say number one through five is number one is seasons one through five. Mm. The third season for whatever reason is always my favorite, but okay. I mean, you, you can't, you just can't beat the first five seasons. They're just yeah. so amazing. Yeah. It's, it's uh, tough. <laughs> yeah. The, the amazing story, the way they flow from <clears throat> not only one episode to another, but also one season to another. Yeah. You have iconic scenes like the car crash at the end of season one and Dean being killed by the hellhounds in season three. And I mean, Castiel's entrance in four. I mean, it's just and, and we got to meet all those people that made such a big impact. Bobby, Joe, Ellen. Just everybody, Jody, yeah. all of yeah. those people. They help yeah. shape the show. Absolutely. Um, so those are all going to be tied for one through five. Now, number six and seven. Now, am I supposed to go through my whole list? Uh, yeah, go through your list from, you know, favorite to the least favorite. Okay. So then um, number six and seven are kind of tied because I keep flip flopping them. And that's going to be nine and eleven. Okay, so number six and number seven are seasons nine and season eleven. Yes. Okay. Um. Mm-hmm. Um. That's when the angels are on Earth. Um, they're trying to cure Crowley. Um, Gadriel is healing Sam from the inside. <laughs> oh, he is. <laughs> Fuck yeah. You know, 
we get the first blade, the mark of Cain, Dean kills Abaddon, and then Dean's amazing death scene where Metatron kills him. Fucking phenomenal. Season 11, I pretty much do not have an episode that I dislike. And season 11 will always have a place in my heart because I think Baby is probably my favorite episode of all time. Oh, yeah. That's a great one. So my number eight spot is season 10. Okay. Um, get the Steins. Get Rowena. Mm. I, don't, I, I don't know. Just I didn't like meeting Claire. <laughs> but you know, we do have Demon Dean, um, the Steins. I mean, we just had some amazing episodes and some amazing scenes in that season. So yep. I love that one. Yep. Um, number nine is going to be season six. You can't say no to Soul of Sam. Shirtless mm, um, or no. his abs, no. Right, he was amazingly hot. Or Ruby's camel and- toe. Oof. <laughs> I do love camels. Um, got the the Grant Samuel. Yeah. And oh yeah, Grandpa. Alphas. Yep. Um. And then at the end, you know, Cass becomes God basically by a. Getting all the souls from purgatory. Mm-hmm. Um, then number ten would be eight. Um, season eight is amazing as well. Um, we get to meet Abaddon, Metatron, Tablet, Evan, Henry Winchester, and the Men of Letters bunker. Yeah, that was a huge turning point in my opinion for the show it's kind of like before the bunker and after the bunker then you have the trials with sam and the angels falling just jaw dropping good good shit yeah yeah so then um my 11 spot is season seven with the leviathans um 12 spot is season 12. Mm-hmm. And then thir- 13 is season 15. Okay. And 14 and 15 are tied again with season 14 and 13. They kind of flip flop back and forth. And the reason why is because when I was going back and reading over my notes, um, Season 14 is just messy. It is. It definitely to has me. its its own issues. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. All right. And, um, season 13 is pretty much the introduction to Apocalypse World. So. <laughs> All right. All right. Mike, what about you? Let's go through your list. Um, okay, so same thing with, with my one through five that I say every year. It's interchangeable. Pretty much. Yeah. I just love seasons one through five. To me, they're near perfect. Not a lot of show, not a lot of TV shows. In fact, there's probably three TV, TV shows I can actually name that are perfect. Um, Supernatural, one through five. Breaking Bad. Battlestar Galactica. That's it. Three shows yeah. in my entire lifetime that I feel are absolutely perfect. So they're interchangeable. It's hard to say which one's better than than the other uh, after that it turns into number six is season six number seven for me is season 11 
number eight. And these are a bit interchangeable as well with Carver, because when I go back and rewatch his run, I find little uh, little tidbits. And I'm like, God, that's fucking really good. It was a slow burn. Things that you didn't really give him credit for before. Yeah. Um, But season eight is number seven for me because. <clears throat> oh, no, I take that back. Season 11 is number seven for me. Uh, Number eight is season eight and the reason why um number one season eight gets uh, just gets such a bad rap for the whole amelia storyline but once you get past that that hiccup there you move into territory that completely redefines supernatural yeah not deconstructs it doesn't deconstruct like dab does it doesn't try to reinvent the wheel what he does is he opens up his truly his own chapter of supernatural while respecting everything that came before. Yep. So much of, of Carver's run has amounted to so many things. I'm bleeding all the way into Dab's run. Carver is amazing with lore. In fact, in a lot of ways, his lore is better than Kripke. Yeah. In I mean, some ways, Kripke's yeah. mythology is down packed. Okay. Meaning his, his myth arcs. Yes. The mythology yes. is fucking amazing. Perfect. But Carver's lore is mind blowing at times. Yeah. The, yes. the, the ideas he introduces and builds on and, and let's take a life on their own. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so number nine is uh, season 10. Number 10 is season nine. Number 11 is season seven. Number 12 is 12 number 13 is 13 number 14 is 14 and number 15 is 15 <laughs> yep i just think that in my opinion dab's run just gets worse and worse and worse and worse <laughs> so i will say for me i can rank the the first five but they are all kripke for me as well for me it's five four because i love lucifer and the apocalypse and the we, ending of that show we know yes Five, four, season two, especially with the rewatch season two is fucking phenomenal, full of so many strong episodes and great stories that have stood the test of time with great visual effects. Then episode, then season three and finally season one, because season one, while it's phenomenal, I feel like it only got better out of his run. But then Mike, for you and I, they're almost exactly the same. The only ones we have flipped are seasons 10 and seven. So I have Kripke's run, then, okay. then six, season 11, season eight, season seven, nine, ten. And then I also agree. I think at the very end, the last four, 12, 13, 14, and finally 15. I agree. For me, Dab's run just fell apart more and more as time went on. I like how Rose Blue in the chat just summarizes our thoughts so easily. She's all, so basically the first five seasons are the best and the last four are the worst. I mean, yeah, that's the simple. That's, that's, that's pretty, pretty much pretty it. Yep. We, yeah. put, we could have saved yeah. 20 minutes. We, we could have. She should have uh, just said that. <laughs> Fucking nailed it. Yeah, it's unfortunate that that's how things have ended. But, you know, that's just kind of where we're at. Uh but I am holding out hope for the future. And let me say this, you know, even though we've been, you know, I think fairly tough on the final season, I will say that for 13 years, this show was above average. Yes. If not for the for the first 11 seasons, it's a a all the way through. It's an amazing accomplishment. Yes. So listen, 15 years for them to have two seasons that were just kind of meh. It's pretty good. Yeah. It's unfortunate where they were placed, but that's a pretty good average. And most shows, like you said, don't make it that long. 
Yeah. Well, and that's what I was thinking while you and Mike were talking was the fact that the last two seasons were meh and they decided to go out while they were still popular. Right. There's a lot of shows that would get to the meh part and they and would keep hang going. On. Yeah, exactly. And the fact that they lasted 15 years, how many shows can say they were an A plus series for more than three years? Yeah, few, right? very few shows. This show st- stands the test of time. It will hold up and it will never die. This is one of those shows that will come back in some way, whether we get another series or a movie. This show's not done. Well, so that led me to my, and I'll finish with this thought of, we talked before about how could they bring the show back and not have it undo their deaths in season 15, right? You could honestly have Hunter Corp, Sam and Dean, who are in Rio, get a key to the bunker because Sam quit the whole hunting gig. And you have Sam and Dean who have become more like the Sam and Dean we know continue stories Wait, so you do the rio ones do those guys have them come Didn't back they go to the back bunker. to their earth though there was no, no earth they for didn't them. They, they went, went to, to rio Brazil. they're on our earth but didn't jack send everything back no no he, no. Didn't, he didn't get rid of them get out no. of your own head cannon hmm. i'm just saying that's an opportunity those two guys sam and dean can do whatever they want their story's not done and they were quickly becoming like the sam and dean we know and john's and- alive well, and, that, and that Chuck's not there to write their story. <laughs> I'm just saying, they're canonically, there are there is a Sam and Dean who we have not seen die, who are hunters, who would have no resources that they were used to, have to learn how to do their shit again. I, I got a better one for you, okay. Thomas. The, the biggest trick Dab ever pulled was getting a job. The final two episodes were not our Sam and Dean. <laughs> oh, oh, God. Oh, God. He erased the wrong ones. Actually, so what we should, what they should do when they start the next season or newest whatever for Sam and Dean is they should start it with um, Heat of the Moment. <laughs> they should. Just to okay, fuck so with everyone. Bear with me here. All right. Well, that did it. Wow. That idea is just season as bad as, uh, 16. We continue down the hill. <laughs> that's my fan fiction. I'm going to write it. We didn't, that wasn't really them. I can't wait to narrate And Castiel, it. you know, confessed his love to the wrong Dean. Because <laughs> <laughs> Castiel was not letting That's why he was so confused by the whole moment. He's like, I don't really know you that I don't well. know what's going on. Why He's do like, you- wait a second. So my doppelganger is gay? <laughs> <laughs> He's okay. All right. He's progressive. I like it. All right. Well, that's going to do it here for our year-end review, the final year-end review, canonically, for Supernatural. We want to thank everybody for listening. Please check out the Patreon channel if you are interested in additional content. Everything that you can do to help us with additional episodes will come out. It keeps the whole thing on the air. Yes. No, just hold on a second. Oh. Okay, there you go. Do you still want to go out with a Titanic song, or are we done with that? No, no, no. We're we're going out. We're trying to be positive. God damn it, Avi. Yeah, give us a positive song. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so we're going to go out on a positive note. Do if you're interested champions. in additional content, there you go. We Head on over to no, Patreon. No, 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 the Highlander song. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's Get cool. more content through Patreon, and we will have additional content for the better part of next year. And we're coming up with ideas all the time. So thank you all for listening. It's been a one fucking hell of a ride, and we'll see you all next time. Hmm? <laughs> <laughs>
you little maggot. maggot Sorry. Maggot. He's got to get his figure out from Home Depot. Buenos noches. You little maggot. You are no longer a part of this story. Hey, ass butt. 